Welcome to the Everything Works Out For Us podcast. My name is Marina, and I'm so happy that you're here to join me on this journey of embracing a growth mindset that's grounded in gratitude and self-awareness. I'm an REBT mindset life coach, actor, singer, content creator, and the bigger sister that you always wanted. And I'm ready to start turning our mental and emotional roadblocks into roadmaps. In each episode, I holistically utilize psychology, spirituality, and my own personal experiences to strive to empower you to step into your power and deeply connect to both your inner knowing and the world around you. Let's grow together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Everything Works Out For Us. I thought it would be fitting to have the inaugural episode centered around the title, so today I'm going to be talking about how we can shift our mindset into truly believing that everything works out the way that it is supposed to for us in this life, that we are being divinely guided, and that because we deserve everything that we desire, we can trust in the knowing that everything happens for a reason, and that reason will always be aligned with our highest good. I'll be discussing the law of assumption, going over the neuroscience and psychology behind this briefly, and giving some practical tips on steps to take to achieve this lucky girl mindset that's gaining popularity on social media. I wanted to take a quick second just to introduce myself, who I am, and my goals for the podcast. So for those who don't know me, hi, I'm Marina. I'm an actor, singer, and content creator who has always been extremely passionate about human connection, communication, and helping people, animals, and the planet. I went to NYU for both acting and psychology and more recently just received a certification in rational emotive behavior therapy coaching. I've always believed that in the words of one of my heroes, Brene Brown, vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. So whether it's through me acting, performing, or creating art, or coaching people, or giving advice through the lens of psychology or spirituality, my main goal in life is to inspire others to feel and lead with vulnerability because that is where the magic happens. That being said, creating this podcast is extremely vulnerable for me and I always want to practice what I preach. I'm going through some major life changes right now, and I know that I can either crumble or rise to the occasion. Avoiding, hiding from, or making excuses surrounding my fears and doubts won't ever make them go away. I'm growing and I'm learning a lot every day, and the one thing that is getting me through this period of immense uncertainty, change, and growth is my inner knowing that everything is going to work out for me. If I don't believe that with my literal whole body and soul, I won't survive. So thank you for joining me on this ride. I hope that my decision to show up for myself, battle my fears head on and commit to my growth can help inspire your growth as well and spark insights for the way that you show up for yourself and for others. Now, without further ado, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the law of assumption. So you might have heard the lucky girl mindset going around on social media. The law of assumption really is what's behind that. So the law of assumption is what we assume to be true, we call into our reality. This philosophy was created by Neville Goddard. 
And really the goal of the law of assumption is to put your subconscious in a state of gratitude as opposed to a state of desire. Desire really equals lack and gratitude really equals abundance, meaning you already have it. So again, the goal is acting grateful for the things that we want, acting as if we already have them in order to manifest them. It's getting our energy in alignment with what we want so that we can actually receive it. So if we're in the energy of lack or of desire, of unhappiness, really, with what we currently have, and if we're in that mindset of, oh, if if I just had this one thing, then I would be happy, we're never going to get it because we're not aligned with the thing that we want. We are aligned with unhappiness. So we have to emotionally be aligned with what we actually want in order to receive it. Okay, Marina, way easier said than done, right? (laughs) So let's get into the psychology of how we actually get our minds there. There is this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system. It sounds fancy. But it's a bundle of nerves at our brainstem that filters out the unnecessary information so the important stuff gets through. The RAS is the reason that you learn a new word and then you start hearing it everywhere, for example. I know that that's happened to you before, right? So if you can get your subconscious to really believe that you are worthy of everything that you desire, then you can train your RAS into seeking information that validates those beliefs. Your RAS is filtering the world through the parameters that you give it, and your beliefs are the ones that are shaping those parameters. So this works both ways. If you think that you are really bad at math and you tell yourself that, your RAS is going to keep putting you in situations to quote-unquote prove that this is true. Again, on the other side, which is the goal, if you believe that you are worthy of love, then your RAS is going to keep putting you in situations that prove that to be true. There's also this thing called confirmation bias, a phenomenon called confirmation bias, which is our tendency as humans to cherry pick information that confirms our existing beliefs or ideas. Now, I wanted to share a story about how I unknowingly utilized the law of assumption in both a negative and positive way back when I was in college. So my best friend Alex and I were obsessed with Hamilton. This was 2016, I think. And honestly, it was kind of, if you know, you know, like you had to be there thing but Hamilton had just come out it was huge it was a cultural reset it was absolutely the hottest ticket in town and you could not get your hands on a ticket unless you were willing to pay thousands of dollars the show truly changed people's lives and changed the way that people viewed theater at the time and Obviously, we were dying to see it. We wanted to be in the room where it happened, if you know the show. And we didn't have the means to pay thousands of dollars for a ticket. But they had this thing called the Ham for Ham Lottery. And they drew names out of this digital lottery and a physical lottery 
far I don't know it was like the entire front row um of seats for ten dollars amazing right but hundreds of thousands of people were entering this lottery every single day and we calculated it at one point it was like a point zero 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 six percent chance that you would win the lottery if you entered it crazy right so we did it nonetheless obviously we entered the lottery every single day and alex and i joked about it obviously it's something that we wanted but we talked about winning this lottery as if we had already won it. Alex even was posting on Facebook on a daily basis, making up these crazy stories about how she saw Hamilton and how she won the lottery and no one really knew if she was telling the truth or not. And it was just a joke that we had with each other because we wanted to see it so badly. Um, We just acted as if, yeah, of course we won the lottery. And we did this for weeks. And then one day, she got the email. She literally won the Hamilton lottery and we got to see it front row for $10 original cast. To this day, one of the best days of both of our lives. Oh my God. It was freaking amazing. (laughs) A spiritual experience. Um, yeah. So we, we acted grateful Uh, as if we had won the lottery and then it literally came true and it seemed impossible but it happened and then on the opposite side of that we joked that because we had won the lottery we had utilized all of our luck like we had emptied the well and there was no more luck left for us for the rest of our lives and we started calling ourselves unlucky alex and unlucky marina and the worst shit happened to us (laughs) for months after we won the lottery we and we kept affirming it to ourselves too we kept calling ourselves unlucky alex and unlucky marina we missed all of our trains we were late to everything alex's laptop screen shattered i was an acting student right so i got paired with my ex for a kissing scene we had crazy encounters with dates and getting ghosted by people and (laughs) Alex, I hope it's okay that I'm talking about this, but uh, her crush choosing to like another girl named Alex, like crazy unlucky shit. (laughs) But it's like funny looking back at the time. All of this to say is that we were confirming that we were unlucky all the time, or we were affirming that we were unlucky all of the time, and then our reality was confirming that back to us, just like it confirmed back to us that we were deserving of winning the Hamilton lottery, and then we won it. So all of that being said, therein lies the work that we have to do, right? Is that we must change our confirmation bias to beautiful and loving thoughts instead of those, I'm unlucky, I'm worthless and undeserving thoughts. Again, easier said than done, and I'm going to go over some practical tips in just a little bit, but I also wanted to point out that realizing the law of assumption doesn't always have to equal huge life goals, right? I feel like that's a a common misconception is that we have to manifest our absolute dream job or our soulmate or something huge, which is great and we can absolutely want those things and work to get there, but it can start with the little things, right? Make it a point to be 
extra grateful for the little things in your life. I recently have been setting an intention for myself every single day upon waking up. So one day previously this past week, my intention was to be magnetic to those in my energy field. And that was kind of the mantra that I was repeating to myself all day. And that day I got to work and I got a free coffee. Okay. And then it was lunchtime and I got a free salad. Like, hello, what? I mean, the actual circumstances of this are one of uh, the members at the place that I work gave us a Starbucks gift card and then I got a free coffee from that. And then another one of the members, um, they got a wrong order from Sweet Green and it happened to be my exact order from Sweet Green. And she was like, yeah, you can just have it. And I was like, Soleil, what the heck? That's amazing. So again, make it a point to be grateful for the little things in your life because it, when gratitude starts becoming second nature to you, that's when we can start assuming the huge life goals and dreams that we have uh, can and are happening for us. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about having a mindset shift of things happening for us and not to us. So I want to encourage some reflection in this moment. So in the moment when we've perceived situations as bad, it is our job to go back and learn from them, right? I believe truly that everything that we go through has a lesson. If you're listening to this podcast right now, it means you're here alive in the 3D in this reality and you have survived every single hardship that you have faced. Congratulations. <laughs> A lesson that I'm learning full force lately is that I cannot control the circumstances around me, only how I react to them. Therefore, it's my choice to view these more painful, in this case, circumstances as redirections, lessons, and reasons. And I'm very much working on de-victimizing myself. And I think that this is one of the keys to happiness, honestly, and keys to the law of assumption. Well, as it is to the, the law of assumption actually working. In one way, it might initially feel powerless to surrender to the universe's plan, but it's more powerless to view yourself solely as a victim to painful situations in your life and to not learn from them. And therefore, you, you'll keep experiencing the same pain in patterns. But when things are happening for us, we can gain some of our power back. We're not powerless. Let me make up an example. So let's say that you didn't get the job that you really wanted genuinely trust that it's because there is something better for you. There is something in that job that the universe was trying to protect you from. You're not a victim to that rejection. It's actually a redirection to something even better. I saw this video on TikTok and it really changed my perspective. So again, I'm an actor, so this is going to be a metaphor on acting, but can easily be translated into any form of 
rejection, honestly. But if somebody told you after 31 auditions, 31 rejections, then you would book your dream job. All of a sudden, you wouldn't be a victim to those rejections anymore, right? You would welcome them in. You would be prepared to learn from whatever emotions you're experiencing. You would be excited for them because you knew that what you really want and what you really deserve is coming. But it's only going to come if you keep learning and growing from those rejections. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again you're not growing from it. And if you're wallowing in self-pity about it, you're also not learning and growing from it. So you'll get there after that 31st rejection, but only if you learn the lessons that you need to learn and if you grow in the way that you need to grow. But I do want to backtrack for just a second because I am by no means suggesting that when things don't go how we had hoped or wanted, that we can't feel the sadness and disappointment associated with that. In fact, quite the opposite. Feeling is healing. So we have to let those emotions, those, you know, unhappy, sad, disappointed emotions pass through us. But as we're experiencing them, viewing them as a stepping stone, right? Or as as a stepladder to get to where we really want to be. We have to learn from them. So it's the combination of feeling, accepting what's actually happening and still knowing and trusting that what's meant for us still is on the way. All right, so back to the law of assumption. The law of assumption will only work if you start with a positive self-concept. You can't entirely trick your brain into believing incredible, amazing things will start happening when you feel like shit and you treat yourself like shit constantly. (laughs) Again, back to what I said in the beginning, if you're aligned with unhappiness and misery and unworthiness and self-pity and self-doubt, etc., 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 all those great, juicy things. If that is what we're aligned with, that's unfortunately what we're on track to keep receiving. So how do we get that positive self-concept? How do we make the switch? Sometimes you may have to be a little bit delusional, (laughs) a little bit delulu, but I suggest being delusional with a taste of reality. So start with affirmations that you can realistically believe. Don't go from zero to 100. So if you're looking to manifest money, for example, if you're making $2,000 a month right now, you're not going to instantly trick your brain into assuming it's possible to make a million dollars a month but you can start by saying I allow money to flow easily into my life you got to start in the reality it's not delusional to think that you allow money to flow easily into your life so once you've ingrained that into your subconscious you can go from there that's how the law of assumption gets its feet on the ground before it can start running I'm going to make another episode on the power of positive affirmations and at the end of this episode I'll give I'll give some examples of some affirmations that you can start off with that are less on the delusional side and more on the realistic side. 
On top of just positive affirmations, there is a whole lot of other work that goes into changing our self-concept and to genuinely and wholeheartedly shifting into a more positive way of thinking. Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy speaks a lot about this, and this is a topic that I will discuss in many episodes to come. It can't be covered simply in just a little blip in one episode, but the root of it boils down to the fact that with rational emotive behavior therapy, we need to find the core of our irrational thinking and the core of our irrational and harmful beliefs in order to change them. And once we address what those negative core beliefs are and why they are irrational, then we can start coming up with a game plan on how to adjust, how to change that way of thinking. This is a long process in therapy, and this is something that I would love to make a podcast episode on to try and give you a roadmap on how to start implementing new behaviors. But just a little seed to plant is take some time with yourself and figure out what irrational beliefs do you have that are causing you pain, and how can you start consciously overriding those beliefs into more positive thoughts. What actions can you take? What behaviors can you stop doing or start doing to rewire those core beliefs? List out for yourself what you want and what you are actually experiencing and find the disconnect. Really do some digging. It takes a lot of self-awareness to find those irrational core beliefs and to take accountability for them instead of just being a victim of them. But once you can do that, that's when the magic can start happening. That's when the work comes in. So again, I'm going to make another episode on on a detailed outline of the direct steps you can take to start changing these core beliefs. But this is just something to keep in mind in terms of law of assumption, of course. All right, so now is the moment, maybe, that you've all been waiting for. Actual tips on how to practice utilizing the law of assumption. So step number one is clear your mind. Clearing your mind with meditation. If you're new to meditation, I highly recommend guided meditations. You can find this on apps like the Calm app or Headspace app or just free 10-minute, 20-minute guided meditations on YouTube. They are amazing and they allow your mind to focus on the voice of the practitioner instead of you attempting to meditate on your own and honestly, your train of thoughts just can't quiet down. You can also do this through listening to binaural beats, which are specific music tracks in very specific frequencies like alpha, beta, theta waves. So depending on the frequency, it synchronizes with your brain waves to encourage things like relaxation, decreasing anxiety, promoting creativity, etc. I can make an episode on these. I'm very passionate about them. Uh, definitely encourage you to do your own research as well. And then also, right before bed and right when you wake up is a very powerful time to utilize the law of assumption because when we are just waking up and falling asleep 
our brains are our brain waves are slower and it's easier to connect to our subconscious thoughts than rather than when we are awake and our brains are strongly rooted in reality and in conscious thoughts so we're we're more susceptible to affirmations i guess at that time um and we're more susceptible to retraining our subconscious thoughts when we're in that kind of hazy phase of just waking up or going to sleep. All right, step number two is positive mindset. Again, this is what we've been talking about the whole episode. You can't assume positive things into reality if you're in a negative mindset. Tip number three is have a clear intention, purpose, and want for what you are trying to manifest and frame it for the highest version of you. So another example, if you're trying to manifest a promotion, a healthier way to frame this intention is that you want it because upon having it, you will be in a position to influence others at work to be more creative and to have a positive impact on your work culture as opposed to you wanting the promotion just because you want your boss's validation and approval. That's something that's rooted in fear and in the ego as opposed to um, having it, having your intention be rooted in your higher self and for the greater good. Figuring out your intentions is really important because it can also lead to a lot of healing. It can really show you where some growth needs to happen. So if you do take that step back and you realize, oh, I really just, I wanted that promotion because I just want my boss to think that I'm good enough. Maybe that's a little hint for you to do some self-work or to, to realize that you have some wounds that you need to heal about worthiness and understand that the feelings of worthiness that you are seeking aren't going to come from your boss's approval, that they need to come from you first. So once you've healed that, you can start aligning with your higher good and the highest good for others. Number four, and this is probably the most important step of them all, is to visualize and feel. Feel, feel, feel. Emotions are a huge part of this. Deep down, what we really want is to experience the emotion tied behind the actual thing, the physical thing that we want, like a new job, like a new partner, etc. Take the time to truly feel the emotions you would feel if you had that thing. Again, you can do this in meditation or in that space between waking and sleeping. Allow yourself to feel that joy, that excitement, that love, that overwhelming happiness because that is how we get into alignment in what we physically want. Number five is gratitude. So after feeling all of those happy emotions and getting to experience them, allowing yourself to experience them, give immense gratitude for the gift of feeling those emotions. Again, this will help us align our emotional, spiritual reality with our physical one. And lastly, affirmations. So again, I'm going to make another episode on affirmations, but just a couple to help you out to get started. 
obviously, everything is always working out for me. Had to include that one. I am so lucky. I am deserving and worthy of XYZ. So I am deserving and worthy of amazing things in life, of love, of happiness, of wealth, etc. As I assume, I create. I constantly attract great opportunities. I love this one. I use this one all the time. I let go and allow my desire to manifest effortlessly. I embrace positive radical change and growth. And I give permission for new opportunities to enter my life. Again, these are all affirmations that I use. I repeat them in my head. I have them written on post-it notes on my walls. And I journal them every single day. So, I encourage you to tap into your intuition and create affirmations that really resonate with you personally. And, of course, you're able to find so many more with just a quick Google search as well. But as this episode is drawing to an end, I hope that you found some goodies of information, wisdom, and inspiration that you can carry with you on your journey to knowing that everything is indeed working out for both me and you. If you liked this episode, please go ahead and give it a rating and share it with your loved ones. This is going to help me more than you know. I just want to get the word out about this podcast. So I would love your support in that way. But in the upcoming weeks, I have a lot of exciting episodes planned. So look out for topics ranging from affirmations, like I said, to asking for signs from the universe, to boundary setting, to attachment styles in relationships, to rational emotive behavior therapy work, to coping with anxiety and depression, and so much more. Remember, today you can make the choice to believe that tomorrow everything is going to work out because why wouldn't it? What do you have to lose? I'll see you next week.